Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for meeting Daniela so powerfully and that you do meet us when we call upon you, when we're miserable, when we're feeling condemned, when we're feeling far from you. When we seek you with all our hearts, we will find you. Thank you, Jesus, that it's because of your death that we are not condemned for trusting you. Thank you that you took the condemnation upon yourself. And I pray, Lord, you just use this time now as I share some scripture and as we move into some prayer ministry time together, that you would come and touch people in tangible ways, just like you did with Daniela. And that we would be able to receive ministry from you as we get prayer from others, that we could lay hands on each other and and give ministry and encouragement to others and that we would really function as, as a body this morning where each person plays an essential part in the proper functioning of the whole. So come and move upon us now, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. I want to start there. Um, if you need a Bible, raise your hand and we'll bring one to you. Hebrews chapter 4 is on page 1002 in the Bibles we're passing out. I read this passage um, in just my regular schedule Bible reading this last week. And as I read it, I just thought this would be a perfect passage to share this morning. We're going to do a prayer ministry Sunday, a little different. Don't be nervous. We're not going to make you do anything, okay? Um, and I'll explain more of what a prayer ministry Sunday is. But I'm just going to teach briefly here from this passage to set the stage for what we're going to be doing this morning. So it's Hebrews chapter 4. That's page 1002 in the Bibles we just passed out. Verses 14, 15, and 16. I think this was Wednesday morning. Uh, in Vail as I was reading this. Here's what the author of Hebrews tells us. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Okay, Jesus is our great high priest. Old Testament, the nation of Israel had a high priest who offered sacrifices regularly. And all that sacrificial Old Testament high priest system was a picture of what Jesus would do as our great high priest. Jesus is the great high priest. He offered himself as the sacrifice in your place for your sins. And so that when you trust Jesus, all of your sins have been punished in his death on the cross. He was in your place being punished. The punishment that you deserved from the Father was poured out upon him. And so as you're trusting Jesus, not just in a perfunctory way, but heart trust, a heart connection trust with Jesus, all your sins are forgiven. Past, present, future. So we have a Savior who is the sacrifice for our sins. And notice that phrase, who has passed through the heavens. It's obviously an important point to the author of Hebrews. What does that mean? Most commentators think it refers back to Jesus' death, then he rose, then he ascended into heaven and was seated at the right hand of the Father over all rule and authority and power. And so it's another way of simply saying that Jesus is the authority over everything. He is sovereign over everything. So not only do we have Jesus as our sacrifice, so that all of your sins are forgiven, and so that now God is for you because of Jesus, rejoicing over you to do you good, pouring his love out upon you, caring for you, has affection for you, has adopted you into his family, 
All that's true because Jesus is our savior and our sacrifice, but Jesus is also sovereign, which means he's in control of your work situation. He's in control of your health. He's in control of all of your relationships, of the things that are causing you fear or worry or difficulty. He's in control of temptations you're facing. Everything. Okay, that's verse 14. Jesus is our savior. All of our sins are forgiven. We're reconciled with God. And he is sovereign. He's passed through the heavens. And verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. This is huge. Jesus has sympathy for you in every weakness and temptation that you face. So when you come to Jesus, when you're miserable, like Daniela shared a little bit earlier, when you're struggling, when things are difficult, when you're feeling weak, he doesn't say, why don't you get over it? Solve this. He's sympathetic. He says, I've been there. I know. He's been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sin. And so whenever you turn to Jesus with the need with a a confusion, with a difficulty, with a heartache, with a struggle, with a discouragement, whenever you turn to Jesus, he feels sympathy. He says, I understand. I've been there. I know. And so he welcomes you with open arms. Okay, so we've got Jesus as our Savior. All of our sins are forgiven because of his death on the cross. We've got Jesus as sovereign. He's in control over everything Everything is under his absolute control. And we have Jesus who is sympathetic with us in all of our struggles. What's the punchline? Verse 16. Here's what we should do. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Where do you turn when you're feeling discouraged or fearful or despondent or at the end of your rope. I mean, honestly, gut honest, what do you do when you just feel lousy? Jesus is your savior. You can come to God the Father clothed in his righteousness, forgiven for all of your sins. Jesus is sovereign. He is in control of everything. All you have to do is just say the word and your job will be changed. Your heart will be changed. That relationship will be changed. He's in absolute control over everything. And he's sympathetic. When you come to him with your struggles and your weakness, he says, I understand. I've been there. I've tasted. I've been tempted in every way as you are. I totally understand. Come. I'm going to help you. Where do you turn when you're fearful or angry or discouraged or despondent? I mean, it's just perfect what the Lord had you share this morning, Daniela, because she did what verse 16 says, right? Let us then with confidence, like four times in this last week, right, Daniela? Sounds like it anyway. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When you draw near to Jesus, trusting him, asking him for help, you've got a time of need, you will receive mercy you'll find grace to help. Every time. Every time. 
So change your pattern. Change what you usually do when you're feeling that gunk inside and with confidence draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There's lots of ways to do that. Daniela did it on her own in prayer. She asked Darla to pray for her. You can do that Sunday mornings as we gather and in worship as we are going hard after the Lord together in worship. You can call upon him and come to the throne of grace and he'll meet you in worship. Home group, you can do this. You can hang out with a brother at Starbucks. There's all kinds of ways you can do this. This morning, I want us to do this by having us break into small groups in a moment, groups of eight to ten, and then having somebody share a need, grace to help in time of need, having somebody share a need, and I'd like the group to lay hands on the one who has shared the need and pray, the laying on of hands. Now, all through the Bible, we see this this practice of laying hands on people and praying for them. And it's, it's a biblical pattern. And when God's people gather around somebody in need and lay hands on them and pray in Jesus' name and ask God to come and work, just like verse 16 says, they will receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So that's what I want us to do um, this morning. Now, every single one of you has needs this morning. Every one of you. Okay? So... Any of us, all of us, could be candidates for sharing. So don't feel like the one person who shares are the only one who's got a need. Every single one of us has a need. So I want to make sure that every group has somebody sharing a need. And here's some of the ways that Jesus could work this morning. And some of you may need to have your faith strengthened. If you're honest, you'd say, my faith is not very strong today. And I I need Jesus to come and strengthen my faith. I love the prayer in Mark, I think it's 9, where the man says to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. And Jesus doesn't cast him off or shun him in some way. Jesus meets him. So some of you have weak faith. You're not sensing the certainty of God's promises, his love for you, his care for you. You're not feeling that. You're not relying on him very strongly. Ask for prayer for that. And Jesus could come right now as we lay hands on you and strengthen your faith. Um, Some of you may need to be freed from some area of temptation that you're facing. Maybe there's some temptation that has has you in its grip. You know how that is. And you're feeling like you have no power against it and you don't know what to do. But this morning, as, as your brothers and sisters lay hands on you, Jesus could come and free you from the grip of that temptation. It could just like loose its hold on you. I would guess some of you have uh, decisions you're facing and you need wisdom for those decisions. Have the group lay hands on you and pray for you. Jesus could come and give you the wisdom right then and there. Or he could give somebody else like a verse or just like a a prophecy that would like, that's the wisdom you need. So ask for that. I mean, everything's got to be tested right according to the scriptures. We know that, but that's how the Lord could work. Some of you, maybe it's been a long time since you've had Jesus pour his love into your heart. Okay? Ask your, your brothers and sisters to pray for that. Pray that Jesus will just pour his love into my heart more. Maybe you're sick and need healing. Jesus could come and heal you right here and right now. Or he could come and, and speak comfort to you. Maybe he's going to have you continue through the, through the illness. He could heal you instantly. He can comfort you and strengthen you. Okay, so here's what I want us to do. Here's kind of the, the steps. 
And again, if you're a visitor or you're like feeling really nervous, I just wanted to come and listen to a sermon. I don't like the way this is going. Um, don't be nervous. We won't make you do anything. You can just sit there as, as quiet as a peanut pod and say nothing, okay, and just watch. That's totally fine. So, um, but you can't all do that because that would be a real problem, okay? So somebody's got to say something. But see, this is, this is a beautiful picture of what church life is, where we, we share our needs with each other. And because of what the scriptures teach us, we lay hands on each other and pray and ask the living, resurrected Jesus to come into our midst and to touch people in, in, in real powerful, tangible ways. So this is good. All right, here's what I want us to do. First of all, in a moment, um, I'm going to have the leaders stand up and then we need to gather around them in groups of eight to ten. Totally move the chairs around. Don't try to keep the rows. It's just going to be total holy confusion for a while. That's all right. So get the chairs in a circle. Briefly go around and introduce yourselves. Just, you know, names. And then one person, share your need, okay? So don't hold back. Every single person in that group has a need that you could share. Don't be polite. Oh, I'll let somebody else go first. If you've got a need, share it, all right? Dive in. You don't need to share a lot of details, okay? And also, um, we want to protect your confidentiality and your privacy. And so um, we're going to have a sharing time at the end where we share what the Lord has done, but we will not mention anybody's names, Okay? So just, you don't, you don't need to share a whole lot of details anyway. So somebody's shared a need, put their chair in the middle of the circle and lay hands on them and, and, and pray. Just start to pray one by one. You don't need to pray real long. Take turns. Pray for their need. And here's the thing. Ask Jesus to come and to do something for them right here and right now. Um, let's say that somebody is unemployed. We could pray for them to get a job, and that would be a very good thing to pray for. And we should do that, and we will do that. But when you lay hands on somebody, we're asking Jesus to come and do something in them right now, like peace or wisdom or speak to them or strengthen their faith or lift the hopelessness off of them or the discouragement, something right here and right now. You get the difference? Praying for their job is crucial. We will do that. But laying hands on somebody, we're asking for the Holy Spirit to come and do something supernatural right now for the glory of his name, according to the scriptures. And then as you're praying, keep thinking, is there a scripture that God might want you to speak? Does the Holy Spirit give you like uh, something to share with them? So be listening to see if there's some way that the Lord wants you to speak truth to them that might be helpful. Watch to see what Jesus is doing. You can pray with your eyes open and just watch. You can tell sometimes when he brings peace to someone or if he's just really meeting someone with his love. So watch for that because that's encouraging. Give it time. Our goal isn't to pray for every single person. Okay, we'll probably pray for two or three or four maybe depending on how long it takes. So uh, give it time. Don't be afraid of silence. During silent times, just say, Jesus, is there anything else you want me to pray or you can just be praying for them silently? Um, and after you've prayed for a while, the leader will sense, okay, we're, it's time to, to stop. And the leader will ask, what have you experienced Jesus doing? What has Jesus come and done? Because remember, Hebrews 4.16, we're asking Jesus to bring this person mercy and to give them grace to help in time of need. So what mercy has Jesus brought? What grace to help has he brought you in this time of your need? Let them share that. And then you can either stop praying for them and move on to somebody else or you can keep praying if the leader feels like uh, that's what should happen. And then when we're finished, I'll have a spokesperson from each group uh, share, without mentioning names, uh, share what did Jesus do.